Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am Dr. Chris, and I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Dr. Nono, Amy Jo, MD, and Dr. Sunshine. Greetings. And um, so I just want to start off and say, like, how was everybody's week? How are we doing? Prepping for the holidays, you know. So hopefully you guys, like, enjoyed our last episode and we gave you those tips for the holidays and how to navigate, you know, (laughs) some toxic family members and the airport and all the other things that might be obstacles along the way. But, you know, I feel like everybody's trying to figure out how to prep properly for the holidays, you know. My family, we're doing, like, kind of, like, virtual Thanksgiving. So, like, everyone's kind of, like, cooking in their, like, bubble kind of thing. So, oh, your cute yeah. little individual Zoom, your little yeah, Zoom meeting. Yeah, you know, that's what we're gonna do because you know, gotta try to stay safe out here. You know, what is everybody else's like Thanksgiving plans? Oh yeah, we're we're zooming it up. I mean, I'm the I'm the outlier, so I'll be here in Chicago and uh, zooming with my family back in Michigan once we uh, once I finish up at work. So I actually have to go buy all my stuff like today. So, um, because I know a bunch of stuff. Like every time I like I wait till the last minute to get like the most like the staple of the Thanksgiving dinner, which are the collard greens, the mustard greens. Uh, we sometimes have black eyed peas with our Thanksgiving dinner and ham hocks. So it's time to go really quick around here. So I need to make sure I pick those up like soon. I will be on my couch. Um, <laughs> Where you should be. That's not a bad place to be. Mm-hmm. My couch is calling me. Listen, my, my TV uh, was on the floor for many months until today. So in <laughs> honor of <laughs> in, in honor of um progress in the world of unpacking, which I've not done yet, I'm gonna watch my TV in its appropriate space. That's what I think I'll do. What are you gonna binge watch? I think I need to and, you know, Dr. Chris is, is asking me this because she knows that I'm horrible at TV and I'm horrible <laughs> at TV series. I'd be like, oh, that's so good. I can't wait to watch it. Lies. Hadn't turned on it. Hadn't turned the TV <laughs> on again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch. I'm going to try to commit to watching um, Lovecraft Country. Yes! I knew you were going to say that. I, I, I tried. I tried. Oh, Dr. So Dr. Nono will be your pinpoint person because she's been on that boat for a while. Okay. Oh my God. I'm like Chris, Chris is shaking her head. I don't know why Chris is shaking her head. So Do you know? I just can't get into it. I mean, I watched like Girl, one what? or two episodes. My sister is like telling me, <laughs> I ha- you have to watch it. She literally made me watch it. Like, I'm like, okay. I don't understand. I feel like oh you, you all talked about it so much and then there were, you know, like, I get the season is over, but there was so much chatter about it on mm-hmm. Facebook that I'm like, I feel so left out. I need to see what you are. <laughs> you got FOMO. You got FOMO. Yeah, like people were like going in. It's so, so I'm going to try to watch that. There's like no way to describe like what type of genre the Lovecraft Country is. It's like a mix to me of like Indiana, like a black Indiana Jones with like sci-fi. It's weird. And, and you know, I love sci-fi. <laughs> I don't get it. It's weird. okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see, I'm going to try. Now, you know what I am going to watch more than anything else is football because right. it's oh, college of course. football season right. and I could sit all day and watch college football. So I'm going to do that. And I don't know. Eat. Oh, so, you know, because we should be transparent. So everybody knows in the month of, uh, what was it? October, I did the vegan challenge. This is November, and I need not to be judged because I have some Jenny's ice cream 
in my freezer <laughs> that I cannot wait to um, taste. So I'm saving it as a treat for Thanksgiving. So it came uh, yesterday and I cannot wait to have some ice cream. It's going to be delicious. So, you know, I don't know. Dr. Dr. Nono's been talking about this cognac flavored uh, ice cream from Jenny's. And I'm like, (laughs) and I was just like, who is their demographic coming out with this? Mind you, for those who live in places where Jenny's ice cream does not exist, it's an amazing ice cream franchise. It's awesome. Um, so Jenny's ice cream came up with the new cognac and cream. What do they call it? Cognac and, and cognac something. I'm and, like, uh, gingerbread. Yes. Cognac, cognac and gingerbread. gingerbread for the holidays. And I'm like, who is their target demographic mm. with this cognac gingerbread got, ice cream? Got little bits of gingerbread actually in the ice cream. So like Ooh, when you take a bite so and you like just get that chewy part of the gingerbread. I have no self control, so I already broke into my pint, but. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is so good. Like if y'all, it's, it's a company out of Ohio, but there's a whole bunch of them in Chicago and you can order them. This is not sponsored by the way. You can order them from <laughs> I know. We need, to, we need to stop, right? Like right. Yeah, you can go to their website we and in. order it. So I highly recommend it. I feel like I'm, we plug so many people in things. We should, we, we should start saying, this is not an ad. This is not an ad. This is not an ad. <laughs> I have to, yeah. Yeah, it's it's in my freezer. That that uh, cognac and gingerbread is in my freezer. And I cannot wait. Shout out to Residency for even putting me on Jenny's because oh, yeah. I did not know Jenny's ice cream was a, th- was a thing until we all went out for tacos one night. And then they were like, let's walk to Jenny's. And I'm like, okay. It was so good. Yo, I thought Jenny was a person when we Me went too. out that night. They're like, oh, we're going to Jenny's. I'm like, who's Jenny? I'm like, yeah. we're, we're just going to crash her place. <laughs> cool. I was in a place like, she's going to see all of us? She's going to see all of us? Like, who is Jenny? And I'm like, oh, it's ice cream. Gotcha. Right. Look, it was happy bet. hour. We had tacos. And I didn't like, let's go to Jenny's house. I'm like, bet. Like, all right. Next stop, Jenny's house. I've already been drinking. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, ice cream. Okay, ice cream. Like, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And it's spelled J-E-N-I. Yeah. Jenny's yeah. ice cream. Which so. is which is pretty dope. And I have a thing about like ice cream and, and liquor. Usually I don't like to mix exactly. the two. You know, so cognac ice cream to me, I might have to like go to a Jenny's and try it, you know, whenever I'm allowing myself to go publicly out to an ice cream shop. But um I might have to I, I'm apprehensive, but I've heard it's really good. So we'll see. I don't know. The only time that I do mix like Dairy products and alcohol is like for the holiday time in my family. Of course, we do the eggnog with like the nutmeg and some brandy. So that I will do. But aside from that, I usually try to keep my ice cream and liquor flavors separate. <laughs> but we'll see. I'll take it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'll be it. doing. So there's a couple of things I've been going on this week. Um, so the first one is I'm a huge Megan the Stallion fan. And as you guys have already probably seen, she released her new video, uh, Body. Um, where she has like a whole bunch of cameos from everybody and loosely tying into medicine. This is like a really awesome way. Megan Thee Stallion has always been about like promoting body positivity and also female empowerment. So I really, I mean, for the fact that the songs are really catchy and it's like, it's been stuck in my head for a couple of days now. Um, it's just like an awesome way for her to like express her individuality and to also kind of show her fans, like, you don't need to be, you don't need to closet yourself. You can come out, be who you want to be, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That's what uh, came off to me about, so. I have not seen the video. I haven't either. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I've heard the album, but I haven't, I haven't seen the video. So oh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen Instagram clips, right? So you can't pay through Instagram <laughs> if you follow if you follow Meg the Stallion without seeing it. So I have seen it. Um, and this Hi, is probably, girl, Meg. right. It's probably a topic for another time. I I, I love the body positivity. Um, the song though, like, cause it's like, you know, I, I like body positivity. I love it for natural hair. I love it for black women's bodies, but sometimes it still always feels like we're still talking about particular bodies. Cause ain't no rap songs about little booties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mad about that actually. True. We need to come up. You know what? We're going to do a song. Okay. About that. <laughs> oh, little booties matter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my Little gosh, you guys, don't, you guys don't know this, but Dr. Chris is always talking about <laughs> Well, okay, so because Chris, I don't have Chris, a big Chris is well, Chris is well endowed in one area and not only, as endowed only. in the other area. And she's, <laughs> and she's like, if I could just redistribute all of this voluptuousness <laughs> the way that I want it, then it would be popping. <laughs> exactly. Well, Dr. Chris, tell us about this little yoga wheel and get that booty popping. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because Dr. Chris has been getting her her workout exercise on, like has been really working on her own body. So yes. you know, shout out to lifestyle changes, and you I look know. great. Thank you, guys. You look Aww. great. Appreciate you that. Great. You do, Chris, out here with multiple trainers. One working on like strength, and another one with flexibility. She she got multiple trainers out here, like twisting and turning her. I'm like, okay, Chris, I see you. <laughs> try try to get a second income, guys. <laughs> I'm joking, joking. Did you see the movie? Did you see the movie Hustlers? You got inspired by J Lo and the girls. I got like, inspired oh, I got by P Valley. Oh, from Star Valley. Oh, what? you gotta watch that show. Y'all know I don't do well with TV. Mm. Um, it, it, it'll change my life. <laughs> no, is that another Ryan Murphy production? Is it Ryan Murphy for P Valley? It is. No. I think it is. It might be. It might be. That, that would be up his alley. Like Pose and like, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it might be a Ryan Murphy production. I love Pose. That's a good one. I have seen the yeah. commercials for Pose. It looks really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. I'm always ready to commit and I never commit. I'm like, ooh, that looks good. I'm going to watch that. Nah. Never happens. I like weird stuff. I like... If you like weird stuff, then Lovecraft Country is right up your alley. So you might you might have a friend in Dr. No-No and y'all can talk about that. I like... Yeah. It is weird. Because I saw the tra- I saw the trailers and I'm like, this 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 ain't it for me. It's low-key a horror <laughs> film too, so just be aware of that. Oh, you but... know, that's up my alley. Yeah. Now, Dr. Sunshine, will, mm-hmm. you know, is talking, but I have gotten Dr. Sunshine to sit down and watch a horror series with me. Oh, my God. And she yes. loved it. She no, loved it. She was right. so mad. Right. She was like, oh, you got me. You know, because I was ready to like, OK, we'll pause right here. You know, like we'll pause here. <laughs> we'll come back to it. And she's like, no. I mean, we're here now. Like, I need to know you what happened. No, I normally, I normally don't do like horror or anything like that. It just messes with my sunshininess. It, it just doesn't mesh well with me. And you know, I like to be, you know, butterflies and rainbows and positive and just like, yeah, we're all gonna make it out of this. Like, we 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 can do it, guys. And Doctor and Amy Joe MD over there is always watching something so depressing and dark and heinous. She watches like the. Even when we were living together, she always watches like these documentaries of like oh, these paranormal like, activity. mass killers, yes! like mass killers, <laughs> or like um, people who've gone crazy and murdered their spouses. I'm like, why is everything I so dramatic and dark? And I just, I just can't vibe with that. Yes. And so one day I was in the kitchen and she was watching, 
she was watching something. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And next thing you know, I'm on the couch with her watching this dark, <laughs> this dark shit. I'm like, come what are we even light. doing? Yes, come in. Come get it. <laughs> yeah, she like sucked in. Like she got a little closer and a little closer. <laughs> then she's like on the couch, you know, first sitting up, now feet up, leaned in. And I'm like, and she's in. in my defense. In my defense, it was more so suspense. You know, it wasn't like super like horror or gore or anything yeah. like that. It was more suspenseful. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good writing. P- plot twist. I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I see. I'm yeah. like, yo, I have so much work I could be doing. I gotta be at the hospital tomorrow. Why am I sitting on this couch watching this dark stuff with you? I'm like, what is happening right now? It was great. She's like, but it's good though, right? But it's good though, right? I'm like, but still, I have things to do. <laughs> it was good. I loved it. So, so yeah, she maybe. does watch we'll those see. things. She made me watch some plane crash thing and how it happened. And I'm looking at like, what the heck? And I'm like, oh, word. This is how it happened. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, with the bad weather the... or something. And then there's yes. plane clashes. And how did it happen? And they talking about it. And this is like real stuff that actually really happened. And I'm like. Oh, always. It's, oh. it's always something that really happened or based on a true story. That's yes. the worst part about yes. Amy Jill It's like it's always <laughs> some real stuff. And you maybe it makes you look at the world different. Yes. You're like, damn. Like, I love that. Show. I know think- which one you're talking about. It's it comes on like Nat Geo and I can't remember the name of it, but I do love that show. Um, because ironically enough, I watch it, but I am I'm not a happy flyer. You all know this. Like I'm actually very terrified of flying. I fly all the time now, so, but I'd be on the on the plane minding my own business. Like, listen, guys, it's just me and you right now. So if you mm-hmm. get us there safely, I'd really appreciate it because my <laughs> armpits are sweating. But um, it. I like it because, you know, it reminds me of the Swiss cheese model. So it's not oh, without. So yeah. I, it, these are always interesting because they're like, you know, these series of things that go perfectly wrong that create that Swiss cheese model. And so I have watched those a lot because they're like always backtracking, like, okay, here is the crash. Now let's tell you like how these things go. Um, because one of them were like, the pilots were running late. So since they were running late, they were rushing. Since they were rushing, they had coffee in their hand. Since they had the coffee in their hand, somebody forgot to give them this, you know, this little small piece of information that wouldn't make a big deal. They turned the engines on and then before they, they clicked, they should have, you know, waited five seconds to flip this switch. But since they didn't wait because they were in a rush, they flipped the switch early. And because the switch got flipped, this navigation system didn't work. And then a storm blew in. And because the storm blew in and all this stuff, like they made all these mistakes and it's just like, yeah, these are how, you know, these mistakes happen. And so sometimes I am watching it and I'm like, okay, this is how this, you know, works. And we see it in medicine all the time, right? When you're just like, you know what, this is how, this is how you end up, you know, Really, yeah, that's how you make an error. So, I love that show. I watch it often, and it reminds me of you know, small things matter. <laughs> but no, you're right, it's so interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure how we got on this from Megan the Stallion. How did, how did we I get have here? No I have no idea, but have small no idea. things matter, and so do small booties. <laughs> oh, little booties oh, yeah. matter. Little, yeah. booties yeah. matter. <laughs> little booties matter. I'm like, how did we get here? <laughs> Well, we we kind of took a tangent with that. I do have one more topic, which kind of ties into our weekly topic. So this is more of like kind of like a, it's more like a stretch, but I'm sure you guys have seen that Michael Jordan was named sexiest man of the year by people. Yeah. Uh, do you guys oh, agree with Michael that? B. Michael B. Jordan. No, yes. Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. I'm like, I was like, oh. Michael Jordan for real? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I like, uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, I, I think I agree with that. I mean, do you guys have any other, like, p- picks for people that might have been Sexiest People of the Year or... I don't like the pictures that they featured of him in his segment of like the sexiest man alive. And it oh, might also really? be because of this. It might also be because of the stash that he's rocking. He I'm not a big fan of his. Yeah. He's he's rocking a big, thick Steve Harvey esque stash, no, which I'm really? not too crazy about. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, so, you know, people magazine, when they like feature them, they got like, you know, all the different centerfolds and all of that. So I wasn't too fond of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was in an ad with something else too recently this year. And I was like, these are not very flattering pictures oh, of him, but he is, was it, I thought I was going to say Gucci. Was it coach? It was coach. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably was coach. And it wasn't like the best picture of him, but across the board, I do find him to be attractive and that's not a bad pick. It's actually a better pick than a lot of other ones they've had over the last five years or so. He's easy on eyes. You get you get no complaints from me. <laughs> you know what? It's all it's also it's also the smile. His his smile is also you know yeah. it, he has a really 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 nice smile. You didn't see him smile too often in Black Panther, but if you've watched him in like other other projects, Black Panther for a lot of people was like their first introduction to Michael B. Jordan was oh, shocked. Like y'all just see Creed or Station. I mean, no, listen, good. listen. I am aware. I have been aware of Michael B. Jordan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We 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 on this podcast are not amongst you know those people I just mentioned, but mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it was their first exposure to him. Um, and and uh, like The Wire, which was I don't know how many years old. Like he was like one of the little kids, like oh, in the yard. Yeah, I've been looking at him like that. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Idris <laughs> was in there. I was looking at him. Oh, <laughs> he's looking at Idris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Now you know you know Idris has already held this title oh, yes. that Michael B. Jordan has. Idris got this title forever ago, oh, yes. like oh, years ago. That's fair. Yeah. H- how does that tie into the topic for today? Does Michael B. Jordan got a baby on the way? No, I mean he would probably be oh, someone okay. people <laughs> might get pregnant by. So that was like Doctor No No is reaching. She is reaching wow. so hard. Are we, are we coming out with a list? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how are we? I'm like, how are we tying this back? Girl, do you want to get pregnant by? There's not much you. in black medicine or medicine that's not COVID that I could like talk about. So <laughs> what I got, guys. That's funny. Listeners, I hope you enjoy. There, that is funny. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. How is it? I know what the topic is for this week. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, what? Is someone expecting from my question? Right. She's like, like, no, but they want to be right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I am a little, I'll be honest. I am a little curious of, of, about him. You know how sometimes when you have like these you know, actors or celebrities that you've seen in different projects and you really like what they're portraying. I actually haven't seen any interviews with him, like just talking normally, like to a person. I actually would like to like maybe watch an interview or two and just kind of like, I don't know, hear him speak and talk about things that aren't like scripted to see if he's like, you know, like I have no clue if Michael B. Jordan is like eloquent, you know, if he's intelligent, if he likes to read or if he like, I know nothing about this man aside from his projects. He's a huge anime <laughs> fan. So that's why I like have a liking to him. Because when you release oh, that line. that's dope. That's why that this is her topic of the day. Because she wants to be pregnant. She wants to be pregnant by him. By yes. Now gotcha. the plot thickens, now right? Makes sense. 
This is where you, this you snitching comes on you snitching okay. on yourself, Doctor No No. You snitching on yourself. See, you see how they oh. treat me on this podcast? <laughs> hey, no judgment. No You're out here snitching on yourself, my love. No judgment. Anyways, I'm anyways I'm you the best of the best of uh, showers. Yeah, if I'm you just get pregnant by Michael B. Jordan. No, I'm just saying. I will be if there. If you get pregnant by Michael B. Jordan, listen, we will we be will, there. I don't even know if I could. We will be there with a with an extravagant gift. Yes. <laughs> If you guys have not noticed, clearly, if you didn't pay attention to the title of the summary or any of that, the topic that we are going to be discussing is pregnancy, which is why I was wondering how Nono's <laughs> trending topic tied in because I'm like, I'm not getting the, I'm not getting the connection, girl. Please make it make sense. <laughs> so the topic of this episode is going to be pregnancy, and um, I. I kind of thought that it'd be good just to kind of talk about pregnancy across the board, just because it's something that in my office, at least, is coming up very, very often. Women are popping up and they are pregnant and some are pregnant and they've been trying. Some are pregnant and they wasn't trying. Yes. And they're like, please help guide me because it was the pandemic. This was a one off. Please give me guidance. And you kind of get the whole gamut of, hey, I missed my cycle. Ooh, peed on a stick what's next um so i kind of thought that it would be good for us to talk about like three major categories so basically tips and tricks and things that you should know for the women who are trying to get pregnant as in you're not pregnant yet but you are really really considering it what should you be doing um the women who are already pregnant and have decided you know what i think i want to do this i want a parent let's let's get the ball rolling what do i do and then there's, of course, the women who have just found out that they're pregnant and they're thinking about it and like, you know what? I actually don't think I want to parent um, and considering different alternatives, including terminations and um, what they should be planning for and how they get the ball rolling as well. That way we kind of cover everybody across the board. And I feel like um, whether you are trying to get pregnant or not, or whether you are currently pregnant or not, I feel like there's something to gain for everybody um, in this situation. And even for the guys that are listening. You know, if you happen to get somebody pregnant and she's trying to figure out what she's going to do, you know, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, empowering her and being supportive and kind of figuring out the best decision for, you know, her and both of you guys. Um, So before we start, does anybody have any thoughts that they just want to dive into real quick or can I just get the ball rolling? How y'all feel? Now let's talk about these quarantine babies. Let's do it. They are in our clinic. So, yes, this is great. Mm-hmm. Yes. So first, I want to go ahead and talk about the women who are, because let's be honest, quarantine has been a great time for people to sit and reflect on their lives. (laughs) And also, you're probably working from home. Your partner's probably working from home. You guys are spending a lot of time together, lots of alcohol flowing, probably lots of intercourse happening, more than usual. Who knows? So this first section, for the people who are actually considering becoming pregnant and are wondering, all right, doc. I made the decision. I would like to become pregnant soon. What should I be doing? What should I think about? Um, I have a few bullet points here, but one thing that I do want to convey to the general masses, which I constantly are counseling my patients about, if you currently have in a form of birth control, especially if it's progestin only, um, so that's like depot shot, IUD, Nexplanon, things like that. There's a chance that once you, so number one, if you want to get pregnant, of course, you have to stop taking your birth control. <laughs> like you have to remove these things. That's number one. It's just not going to work that way. Um, so when you decide that you're really planning on becoming pregnant, if you are on these forms of birth control, it may take a while for your cycle to come back consistently. 
because a lot, I have a lot of patients that are like, Hey, I really want to track this with like an ovulation kit. You know, I'm waiting for my cycles to kick back in and be regular, but there are some forms of birth control where you need to give yourself a little wiggle room in order for your cycles to start coming back regularly to the point where you can start tracking it with your partner. Um, and I'm also going to segue this into saying the goal of the doctor, like when you come and see us in, in the office, if you tell me, Hey doc, I'm thinking about getting pregnant soon, which mind you, if you're properly planning your life, this is amazing because rarely do I catch people when they're like, Hey, I'm just checking in. I think I want to be pregnant. I'm like, wow, this like never happens. So (laughs) you're actually here before it happens and we can plan it out. Um, And our goal is always number one, to get you to be as healthy as possible before you conceive, because that's always the goal. So if you have any health conditions, we always want those conditions to be controlled as well as possible, whether that's diabetes, high blood pressure, a thyroid problem, your asthma, whatever it is. We want you to be in like tip top shape before you get pregnant. And then if you're currently on any form of birth control, specifically progestin only, it's going to take a while. Sometimes for my patients, it takes like a month for them to start getting their cycles back. Some women, it takes up to three months for their cycles to start coming back consistently, then they can track it. So I think that's kind of like, you know, one of the first conversations that you have. I have a lot of other points here, but I see a lot of people wanted to like, Amy Jo, what you got on your brain? I, I, I see you over there. <laughs> and it's tricky, right? Because, you know, for a long time, you've been on the, the progestin only pill or next or insert. And so it's hard because women are like, well, my period is not coming back yet. So I can't get pregnant and I've got time. So on the flip side, I've also seen people say, well, I've got some time. Like my period didn't come back. Progestin only does not guarantee that you did not ovulate. Correct. You're so right. what you have to know is you could be having some irregular periods, but you might be ovulating. So if you thought I'm going to stop my birth control here and then I'll get pregnant month three, mm-hmm. you may be very disappointed to find out that you got pregnant week two. So even though I tell women, you know, it, it may take you a while to get your cycles back on, actually stop telling women about their cycles. Like ir- your irregular period is least of my concern, I generally try to tell them, once I take out your birth control, you are eligible for pregnancy because you can ovulate. So please do not email Dr. Sunshine to say, I planned on a February baby. So I took my next month out, you know, this week and now I'm pregnant in December because that, that happens. It does. You can, you can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I and I try to tell my patients because I have a lot of in the system I'm I'm in now, um, especially in the Bay Area. So people tend to like get married later here. I think it has a lot to do with the cost of living. They tend to get married later, have kids later. So then a lot of them want to like track things and track and track and track. I'm like, well, when I take out this IUD, your cycles are going to be irregular. But like Amy Jo MD just said, your cycles might be irregular, but you can still get pregnant. So this whole relying on the ovulation kit it's not going to be very reliable and you can get pregnant as soon as I take this thing out. So you just have to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's definitely something to consider. Now, in addition to, you know, stopping your birth control, of course, being as healthy as possible. um, If you are a smoker, we always encourage you guys to stop smoking Mm -hmm. if you can. Um, For a lot of women, that's really difficult, especially the ones that are smoking like a pack a day, half a pack a day for them to stop cold turkey um, when they get pregnant is really, really difficult. But we highly encourage that because we want the blood supply to be as rich as it can be between mommy and baby, you know, in the placenta and smoking definitely, you know, impedes that. And then, of course, this leads me into drinking. 
because people who are heavy drinkers, especially people during the pandemic, and we've already done a, you know, a whole episode on alcohol and, and all of that. So we don't even need to hit that point super hard anymore. But if people do have these alcohol habits and then you get pregnant, you know, you're definitely going to have to cut out the alcohol, cut out the smoking. So it's a lot of lifestyle changes that have to happen and you have to be prepared to, to do that, or hopefully you are prepared to do that. And, the and then, of, of course, we want you on. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Oh, no. Just the kind of since we're doing the entire social history here, the piggyback off of that. I mean, I know weed is legal in many uh, states and it's becoming more legal and more accepted in other places. But there still is not enough research to say that marijuana is safe during pregnancy. So I know, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of my patients, you know, when I was uh, working here in Chicago, you know, they would say, oh, you know, I'd smoke a blunt or whatever, you know, during the first, second trimester. And, you know, baby came out fine. But we don't know that because there's not enough research to say that marijuana that doesn't have any effects on baby, you know, during the developmental stages, you know, and when they come out after delivery. So honestly, just to be safe, do not smoke uh, weed during your pregnancy. And that includes edibles and everything else that goes with it. Just, just cut it out. That's a big question that comes up in California often because, you know, of course, marijuana is legal here. So um, the patients are constantly asking about that. And as far as I know, you know, I haven't like done a new search through like the clinical trials or research or anything. But as far as I know, there isn't any strong evidence to to say like, yeah, smoke all the weed you want. You're you're completely fine. Like it's it's good. You know, it's no worries. There's nothing out there that allows me to tell that to my patients. Yeah. It's so I just kind of give them guidance bit by bit. Like, you know, based on their questions, I give them the best guidance that I can. Right. But it's definitely harder if you practice in states like California, Colorado, um, Pacific Northwest. Mm. I mean, I don't know, Oregon Illinois. just legalized yeah. something else. Uh, they're doing a lot in Oregon. It makes me wonder um, about um, like cyclic vomiting syndrome. So, yes, that's a thing. It, you know, I, I was always thinking about that, like, you know, as more and more states start to legalize marijuana, we know that in some cases, cyclic vomiting syndrome is caused by high amounts of, you know, smoking, smoking marijuana, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to have, you know, vomiting in pregnancy and you're a weed smoker, like, will that, will that trigger you to have like the cyclic vomiting syndrome? Because I cannot imagine being pregnant and having both of those at the same time. Like it just sounds like a miserable existence. And so I'm waiting for that research study to come out. Yeah. I don't know who I gave it to, but you know, if you're going to study it, I cannot wait to read it. Actually so. in residency, I remember when we were doing, when I was on labor and delivery, there was a patient that that was pregnant and was smoking a lot of smoking, a lot of weed. And she had that. And, um, it was so bad that her potassium was really low. Like she had to be hospitalized. Like it can be really bad. So, yeah, we get people hospitalized, you know, pregnant or not, you know, we see a couple cases of that, like actually per week. Um, and we tell people you need to stop or you're just going to keep coming back. And sure enough. So, cause you can get hyperemesis just through pregnancy, pregnancy Uh alone, hyper, yeah. High amounts of vomiting for, um, that medical term, um, hyper to be high emesis to vomit. So you can get that with pregnancy just by itself. And it's hard to control in women who don't smoke anything. Like when they yep. get it really bad, like some women are just miserable. It just, it dehydrates them. Mm-hmm. So mom is dehydrated. Baby is dehydrated, which then dehydration makes you feel worse, which triggers what nausea and vomiting. Like it's just the worst kind of like cyclical thing. And so I can't imagine if, 
you were already prone to vomit in pregnancy. And then your weed smoking triggers even more vomiting. Mm-hmm. That would be quite dangerous. And you can dehydrate quickly. Yeah, and, and they end up in the emergency room. Body. They end up in the emergency room getting IV fluids because, you know, they just can't keep anything down. But you right. can't keep them in the emergency room. We can't keep just pumping you full of fluids and, you know, giving you like anti-nausea medication. You can't go a whole pregnancy like yeah. that. Yeah. So. And then that you're right. That's frequently when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, under the people who are trying to get pregnant, I will do this little like, um, side note here. We do have timeframes. Now, mind you, these timeframes are really, really fluid, but across the board, if you are really trying to get pregnant and you are under the age of 35, typically we like to let you guys know that you have to be actively trying, um, as in like having like, you know, scheduled frequent intercourse with your partner for a whole year before we usually refer you for a fertility workup. And then if you are over the age of 35, then that time is shortened to six months instead of the full 12 months. Now, this is very variable and it all depends on, you know, your health conditions. And a lot of people have PCOS, which we haven't really touched on. But um, for the most part, under 35, a year having steady intercourse without conceiving, then we need to do some further investigation. Or if you're over 35, six months. Have you guys had cases where you have referred people to fertility workups like under the age of 35? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Is it mainly? Be- oh, let me just. It's it, most of them are now, you know, in their 40s. Like I'm getting a lot of 38 to 42 mm-hmm. um, that are that I'm sending to um, back to like reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialists or the REI specialists to, to see what mm-hmm. they can do. But I did have a a younger couple that came and they were at like 30s early 30s and they were having problems so I did send them but they had been trying for about a year and a half by the mm-hmm. time I saw them and I said well yeah that's that's enough time to to do it which is and I'm glad you said that because women you don't have to wait like you don't have yep. to feel like well maybe I should give it another month like when you're when the clock tips over to month 13 call your primary care doctor or call your gynecologist and let them know what you've been doing they will send you to a specialist. Or if you are 35 and up and you have been at this for six months, um, just go ahead and call. You don't have to make a case to say, I tried one more month just to make sure everything's okay. The biggest concern is not going to be your timeline. The biggest concern is going to be cost and what your insurance covers, if I were being honest. So babies are expensive from start to finish and getting a coverage for any necessarily treatments becomes the biggest challenge. But if this is something that is important to you, then go ahead and, and ask your doctor about being referred to a specialist sooner rather than later. I agree. And I can, Chris, were you going to say something? Well, I was only going to say, um, actually going back to the stuff that you were saying before you get pregnant, things to work on. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say basically your weight. You want to make sure that you're at a good weight, right? Yes. Because if you're obese... And then you're trying to get pregnant, it could complicate your pregnancy. So, because you're supposed mm-hmm. to only gain a certain, um, what we would want you to gain a certain amount of weight, depending on what your BMI is. So that's why it's important if you are really obese to maybe try to get to a really good, healthy weight before you get pregnant. So we can try to decrease these um, risk later on while you're pregnant. When 
When Dr. Chris says BMI, she means body mass index. And that's basically a calculation that we do. It's based on your height and your weight. Um, whenever you get a physical, your doctor might talk to you about your BMI because that's usually a time where we have enough time with you to get your weight and your height and kind of talk about ongoing things that you should be doing. So when Chris says high BMI um, and trying to get your weight in a healthy in a healthy range before you get pregnant, that's what she's referring to. Yes, thank you. Now, alternate scenario. We have the person peed on a stick, like, man, my cycle's late. Like, what's where's where's my cycle? It's supposed to be here. I'm regular. Like, what's going on? Or even the person whose cycles are irregular, because I have lots of patients where their cycles are really irregular and they just pee on a stick just randomly, just cause. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, a lot of my P, a lot of my PCOS patients do that. They're like, hey doc, I just peed on a stick because I tend to pee on a stick every two to three months because their cycles might come like sporadically because they don't want to be on birth control pills to regulate it. And they've kind of been just all right. Like they've been, you know, doing their thing for years. And they'll just be like, yeah, I peed on a stick. It's positive. So if you are in this next category, as in either your cycle is late, you peed on a stick, either way, it's positive. And you have thought about it. You reflected, maybe talked about it to your partner. Maybe not. To be honest, we don't really, I mean, it's really up to you. <laughs> That's a whole topic, which we might dive into later, but peed on a stick. You made the decision. Hey, I really want to parent. I really want to do this thing. What do you do? So the very first thing that you should do, to be honest with you, is make an appointment with your doctor as soon as possible. And there's a reason why you need to make this appointment with your doctor. Number one, when you come into the office, we're going to repeat your pregnancy test. We are. We're going to ask you about your last cycle that you remember. Some women don't remember at all. So the last cycle that you remember. And then we're going to do a whole visit, which is basically the visit that we do for a positive pregnancy test. One of the most important things that we usually talk to you guys about is going through your medication list and taking you off of medications that you cannot take during pregnancy. So if you're taking that ibuprofen for joint pain, no more ibuprofen. If you're on a blood pressure medication that's not compatible with like, you know, a healthy fetus, we got to switch your blood pressure medication. So we're going to literally do blood work on you, repeat your pregnancy test, make sure you're positive, get you off of any meds that's going to hurt this baby. And then we're really going to talk to you about what to expect in the coming first, second, third trimester. And of those things, we're actually going to discuss to you, of course, a plethora of blood work that you're going to have to have drawn, like for a lot of different things, just to make sure you don't have any, first, of course, STI screen, HIV, all that jazz. But we're also going to talk to you about an ultrasound that you're going to have to do um, to get an accurate date, like a dating ultrasound. Um, so getting in to see your doctor is ideal. Um Patients usually present to me anywhere between like six and eight weeks. So basically after you miss your cycle, they usually find their way into my office within that next month. Right. <laughs> They've missed it. They're like, it's late. It's late by two, three, four weeks. Pete on a stick. Doc, what's up? I'm here to see you. Let's mm -hmm. talk. Can I put in something really quickly in here that of I course. think that probably we as a medical community don't do as well. And I'm trying to be better about it. Dr. Sunshine brings up an interesting point to say, by the time you see me and you're pregnant, you're about six to eight weeks. Well, you come in and we put you on prenatal vitamins. But technically, the literature suggests that prenatal vitamins should be taken in all pregnancy eligible women, right? So yep. if you are menstruating, can menstruate and are having sex, you should be on a prenatal vitamin because when you see Dr. Sunshine and she finds out that you're eight weeks pregnant, there was folate 
extra folate in your prenatal vitamin that you were using to develop your baby's neural tube. And that development generally is over by the time you figure out you're pregnant or the Mm -hmm. complications of not having enough folate are already in process by the time you figure out you're pregnant. And yes, it's always a great idea to start prenatal vitamins as soon as you find out you're pregnant and continue them up to 12 weeks after you deliver your baby. But we really needed you to be on the prenatal vitamins before you got pregnant. So if there are any women out there that are trying to figure out what multivitamin to take, ask yourself a couple questions. Do I have a period? Do I have a uterus? Do I have a partner that can get me pregnant? Or am I going to get lucky one day, which might all be yes. If any one of those are yes, <laughs> then take a prenatal vitamin. I swear, Amy Jo MD must be, I, I think she she must be somehow peeking over here on my paper. Because I actually I actually put the prenatal vitamins in the women trying to be pregnant. I actually had it in the in the other category, but I just forgot to say it. So yes, you should be taking these prenatal vitamins when you're even thinking about like first, not even when you're thinking about it, exactly literally what Amy Jo just said. Her checklist, if you meet this criteria, you need to be taking a daily multivitamin or a prenatal vitamin. You do. Yeah, I completely agree. And a lot of times if you're taking a daily multivitamin, you might have the amount of folate and everything that you need in that vitamin already. But, you know, either the daily multivitamin or the prenatal vitamin is definitely helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that a lot of women have been asking me, so because I work in the Bay and I work with a lot of people in tech and they have these crazy hours, they are like chugging coffee like nobody's business. The literature also does say that you're supposed to limit your caffeine intake. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I really have to counsel a lot with my patients and telling them, hey, I know you need that espresso, you know, and you drink like all day long, maybe like five, six cups a day. I'm like, wow. but we've got to like, they, cause they just, they're, co- they're coding and they're in tech and they're just going. And I'm just like, you know, you're, you're pregnant now. So you need to definitely limit this caffeine intake. And you, you know, this whole first visit, when you find out that you're pregnant, you know, these are lifestyle changes and things that you, you really need to, you really need to make. In order for you to have an optimum pregnancy, you know what I mean, five, for the baby to be as healthy as possible. Five to six cups, my God, I would overdose would after be in three. There just, Jesus, heart, you know, heart be going crazy. <laughs> you know these these tech companies, the way the tech companies are, at least around here, they they just like like put out their spread of food for these tech kids. It's like they go in there, they have like you know they feed them while they're there. A lot of them basically live at work. If you work at like Google. Like they have a spread out of all different types of food. They have all different types of Keurigs. They have all different types of espresso machines and they just stay there and they code and they do meetings and they just, Google has a gym. They have a, they have like, you know, therapists on site. They Google the conglomerate is, it's, it's interesting, but they can be there all day and just drink coffee all day long. I'm like, but you guys need to watch your caffeine intake, uh-huh. you know, the wrong profession. Right, I know, girl. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could have been Chris, we could be working someplace right. where we had unlimited snacks. Right. You know what? But <laughs> it gets slightly better. Us, though. It gets slightly better as an attending because you do have those cush, you know, doctor lounges and whatnot. But as a resident, uh, y'all got to no. spend on your own. <laughs> no. I have, I have not, not been that. to the doctor's lounge since February. Okay. There is one thing, there's one thing that's a bummer um, for a lot of women that are getting pregnant now that I feel like 
it's a little different from the previous process. Um, and I think it's just because it's COVID. So usually you used to, you know, you and your partner could both come in for all of the visits and the ultrasounds and all that. Um, but because it's COVID, you know, the moms or, you know, the expecting moms are doing a lot of these visits by themselves yeah. or like their partners are like waiting. Your partners can't even wait in the lobby. It's just drop me yeah. off and come back and get me. And that can, that can make people feel like they're not as supported as they want to be. A lot of women want their partners there so that they have two sets of ears mm-hmm. listening, um, especially if there's a lot of first time moms and being pregnant during a pandemic, there's a lot of increased anxiety about that. Um, and that's something that I feel like a lot of OB offices are trying to navigate. Um, but it is, it can be, it can be an added, you know, a little obstacle that wasn't there before. On to the next category. So if you're the girl where, or <laughs> if you were the person that peed on the stick and it is positive and you know what, there was like this, um, it wasn't an ad, but it, I think in labor and delivery, we would see it like every now and then in our women's health clinics. It literally was like this poster of like a positive pregnancy test. And then on one side, it's the person who's elated and so happy. And on the other side, it's like the person whose world is shattered. And it's literally all stemming from the same pregnancy test. Um, I feel like that's like in every like women's health, you know, and it basically says at the bottom, like, we're here to support you either way type of thing. Yeah. So if you happen to be the girl who pees on the pregnancy test, you know, you peed on the stick, it's positive, And you're like, God damn, this is not it right now like this is just not this is not what i need my life is not set up for this this isn't it whatever it may be whether it's with someone who you don't desire to build with or procreate with or you know even if you don't have whatever it may be it's not desired the main thing you need to do for sure is again make an appointment with your doctor as Mm -hmm. soon as possible now timing is of the essence here i do want to say this For the women who have had, and I'll do like a plan B plug here. Um, If you are a woman or if you're someone who had unprotected sex with someone and you know that it was during the time that you may be ovulating or you just had unprotected sex and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to cover my bases. There is the plan B option and plan B can only be taken within the first 72 hours of unprotected sex. Mm -hmm. Um, So plan B is available at your local like Walgreens, CVS. I believe you don't even need a prescription um, you just go up to the pharmacy, pay the amount. I think the amount is fifty dollars. I don't want to quote. There's a generic. Notes. I think the generic is like thirty eight, and the the name like brand is like either fifty something. or fifty or sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. But there's a generic mm-hmm. out now, and you can just ask for it. There, see, boom, there you go. So you can go to CVS, Walgreens, ask for it. Um, but that is only within the first seventy two hours. Uh, plan B comes in two forms. One of them is a pill that you take one time. Another one comes in a two dose form. But I think most places are moving towards the one dose mm-hmm. form. So people don't so, forget that second dose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, if you're the person and you're like, Hey doc, it's been beyond 72 hours. Clearly I have a positive pregnancy test. So that's, that's not even my category. Um, so positive pregnancy test, you need to make an appointment as soon as possible with your doctor for us to be able to give you the options that are um, available to you. And if you have made the decision already that you plan to terminate, then usually most primary care offices or ob offices, wherever you end up, they can best direct you of how, you know, to navigate. There are some offices that actually do um, medical, medical terminations in the office if they have an ultrasound and if you have a provider that's licensed to do so. And you can probably do it all at your primary care office, but that's definitely something your primary care doctor will know. And if they don't do it there, they can direct you to somewhere uh, where we can do that. Now, this process is a little bit different depending on how far along you are. 
So that process basically entails getting an ultrasound, visualizing the pregnancy and where it may be, taking a medication, like kind of, we have to date it first and see how far along you are and how far along you are will dictate how we can go about everything that comes after that, whether it's taking a medication, whether it's doing a procedure in the office or in the OR. So it all changes based on the dating. Um, I see a lot of nodding around uh, me. Yes, <laughs> you, you've said all, yeah. I mean, everything you said is true. Um, coming in early helps. I am more than happy to answer your questions, but just so we're clear, what I will not do is make your decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes they come in and they're like, I'm scared. I'm frightened. This was a surprise. Let me just go see my doctor so he or she can tell me what I should do next. And we are all really good at not telling you what to do. So we are really here to provide data and, you know, direct traffic. But what you need to do has got to be a decision that's between you and your partner or you and your family, whatever your support um, system is. And and it's important to, to have this information Either way you go, this will not be a, a easy decision. So babies are hard work. Deciding to terminate pregnancies are also very difficult. I just want you to know how to keep yourself safe. And the rest is really got to be up to you and your family on what you want to do next. So I, I won't direct that traffic for you. Not, I won't make that decision. I'll, I'll give you the information. I'll make sure you know how to get the best care, but I, I don't want to make that decision for you. I think that was well said. You haven't said too much on this topic, Chris. Have you Have you had pregnant patients? I've had. I, or had to navigate this with them? Or yeah, what's, what's I, up? <laughs> so I've had a couple. I mean, most of the ones that I've seen, they've they've decided that they want to keep their baby. So I just send them to, to OB and I pretty much, you know, see what they're on, get them on their prenatals. Um, the only other thing is sometimes like, um, I, I guess you would probably mention this and probably didn't get a chance to, um, what to do if they have symptoms like they're bleeding or they have abdominal pain, like making sure to rule mm-hmm. out like a possible ectopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy that's not in the uterus. And then what to do with that. You can go there, Chris. Oh, oh, yeah. I was going there next, but you brought it up. You <laughs> can go there. No, so um, so then if they come in and then they have like um, abdominal cramping and pain with bleeding, then and you're pregnant, then we just got to make sure that it's concerning to make sure that the pregnancy is in the uterus and not outside the uterus. And if it's outside the uterus, then um, that can that's considered a medical emergency. And uh, we have to do some further testing and get your ultrasound to make sure and do some more blood work to see if it's like a viable pregnancy. I will put a, I will put a small, um, I don't know, caveat, if that's the right word. I don't know. Little context there to what Dr. Chris just said, but in your pregnancy, if you mentioned to me that you have vaginal bleeding, vaginal bleeding for me, I will investigate and throughout your pregnancy, for the most part, vaginal bleeding is, should not be occurring. But if you are to have vaginal bleeding, it is more likely that if it happens in the very beginning, like in your first trimester, that this is less worrisome than if you have a vaginal bleed in your second or third trimester. So vaginal bleeding differs trimester by trimester, but especially in the beginning, you know, you may have a little bit of spotting here and there, that type of thing. Just wanted to clarify. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
if you come to me with vaginal bleeding and you are in your second, third trimester, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm yes. <laughs> I am. I am. I am working that up. I'm going to ask you some follow up questions, as in, like, you know, how much were you bleeding? How often is this happening? I'm going to do the ultrasound, get the baby, the whole, the whole shebang. You know, we can have a whole, we can have a whole episode about like managing the pregnancies for sure. But I do think that Dr. Chris brings up a good point, which is the ectopic pregnancy. Um, and ectopics are important to bring up because women who do have an ectopic, of course, they usually have, like Chris was saying, they have a positive pregnancy test. They have the pelvic pain, pelvic pain. Usually it's localized to one side or the other. Sometimes if it's, you know, severe it can be the entire you know lower abdomen the entire pelvis and um if basically what it is is that instead of an egg being implanted where it's supposed to be in the uterus it's implanting in your tube or somewhere where it's not supposed to be and as it grows you know you could lose a tube you could go through like a a lot of different things you can go into shock and it's basically a an emergency at that time and then you would have to go to the emergency room and have like possible surgery so it's actually really severe it's it's really important to bring that to everybody's attention. Yeah. Amy Joe, you look like you're about to say something. It's probably for a different uh, show, but you know, one of the mm-hmm. things to just talking about how to prevent some ectopic pregnancies often are spontaneous. Like they happen mm-hmm. and they're complete, you know, weird and odd things that happen during pregnancy, but women who have had sexually transmitted infections mm-hmm. that they have not gotten treated or have waited to get treated, you will make the tubes, the tubes that lead from your your egg, your ovaries to your uterus, you'll make those pathways a little rocky, which is going to increase the risk that that fertilized egg stops in the tube instead of stopping in the uterus. So as we're talking about pregnancy, which of course happens through unprotected sex, until you're ready to get pregnant, it's just a reminder of why we're always, you know, um, really pushing safe sex practices, routine screenings when you are sexually active with a partner, you're not using condoms. Um, I generally tell uh, my patients like you can swing from the ceiling any way you want to, but when you're done, the experience is to stay where you had it, right? And so carry nothing out the door with you that you didn't want to take. And most people don't want to take an STD. STDs is how we end up down the road when it's time to have babies with ectopic pregnancies. Um, Especially early Mm -hmm. on in the first trimester, you know, it's the first trimester. It's possible that even if you have a little bit of bleeding that you could just spontaneously miscarry. Right. So Mm -hmm. sometimes like Mm -hmm. it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out and we don't necessarily know why. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you did anything wrong. Sometimes it just happens. And I just think that Mm -hmm. is important to let our patients know that because it could be hard, you know, going through that. Yeah. So I I think the big elephant in the room, I know Dr. Uh, Sunshine had uh, alluded to it earlier. So abortion essentially is a very charged topic in a lot of uh, states in the, in the United States. Um, And people, and there's been kind of a, uh, this kind of weird, you know, way of just vilifying women who decide to choose abortion um, versus women who decide to carry the baby to term. And I, I, I would hope that after this conversation or after this uh, discussion that we've had today to let you know that there are a lot of other options for you. Abortion is one of them, but then, you know, adoption would be another option for women who, you know, 
choose that, you know, they want to carry the pregnancy, but they don't want to parent at this time, you know, there's plenty of options available for adoption that your OB or your primary care provider can provide for you, but you got to come to the visit, you know, you got to go into the office to to know about it. Um, So I just wanted to like, let you guys know that if you choose abortion, you're not a terrible mother, you're not making an awful decision. It is your body. You choose what you want to do with it. And if that is your decision, then we will support you along the way if, if that is what you want. The only concluding thought I was going to add is that in addition to what Dr. Chris said, if you have in your lifetime, for people who may be like switching doctors here and there and no one's really followed you completely, throughout your life, if you have had multiple miscarriages, that's, a, that's important to bring up to your primary care doctor um, in case we need to ask you some follow-up questions and do some blood work and some workup to figure out why you've had multiple miscarriages, especially before um, 20 weeks. But of course, in general, multiple miscarries is kind of a red flag to most doctors to kind of dig a little deeper and figure out if there's something that we're missing. Mm-hmm. All right. Who got them questions? It ain't me. I'm done. <laughs> I got the questions. The questions. What is the question? I'm like, I'm like dropping mic. I'm out of I'm out of here. <laughs> I have the questions. Okay. So here's one. And it's kind of related to, you know, what we're talking about in a roundabout way. Okay. Hello, Chocolate MDs. I am 24 years old and I have a question regarding STDs. Is it possible to get a sexually transmitted disease from oral or anal sex? If so, how are the symptoms different from the typical vaginal infections? And do they require the same kind of treatment? Mm. I'll start by saying, yes, you can get infections in all of those places. You can get infections in any orifice that is open to put a genital in. Like you you can get all, all, everything, all the holes. All of it. All the whole all the holes can, can, they, they can, can be all infected. get it. They can all get the infection. All the holes. <laughs> oh, they can all get they this all work. Get this work. All, <laughs> all of them. Yes. If you insert yes. it, infections can yes. come. These symptoms are different. This is actually a really good question. Mm-hmm. So most of my patients who I've swabbed and they've been um, positive for STDs, especially in the throat, usually they have like a really sore throat. That's usually the most common symptom is the sore throat, ongoing irritation. Some of them do have infections of the tonsils and some pus and like we call it exudate, some pus on the tonsils, but mainly it's like ongoing throat irritation with unprotected oral sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for the anus, so also again, plug, I'm in the Bay Area and there's lots of oral and anal things going on. It's like the gay capital of the USA. So there's all (laughs) types of stuff going on, men and women, polyamory, I've had like groups of people just passing things between each other. They do a lot out here. Um, And then in terms of anal, the answer, yes, it can also be infected. Now the anal symptoms are interesting because number one, they definitely do have pain, but what's even more common than the pain, they have like a um, discharge of like mucus Mm -hmm. that comes out. So even when you're not trying to have a bowel movement, even when you're not trying to pass gas or anything like that, it's like a, a dripping of yellow mucus that comes out. Um, because there's actually a little space in between. This might be way TMI. Well, it's not as a doctor show, so it's not TMI. <laughs> but um, there's like a little, like right before things come out of the anus, there's actually like a small little pocket there. And it's a pocket that's just developed because, you know, as the stool goes through your GI tract and it comes out, it's like a small little space there where if you have an infection, the mucus can kind of like accumulate there. So you'll notice when you're sitting on a chair or doing something else, you have like a little discharge come out and they're like whoa what is that that means you have an infection 
That's what that is. <laughs> and that's what that yeah, is. And we, when I, you come see us, please tell us where you think you pick up the infection because um, Dr. Sunshine, you know, probably does it. I, I'm in the habit of doing it, doing it pretty frequently. Like, I will try to ask everyone, like, are you sexually active and are you active with men, women, or both? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to assume... And it matters. So please tell us, because if you are sexually active, if you are a a man who has sex with men, or if you are a man or a woman who has sex with both, if there is an if there is an opportunity for you to get infected. So if you've got one infection, one place, then I'm going to need to assume that you've got it both places. And if I need to swab you, I would want to know because I don't want you to develop an abscess in the anus. Right. I don't want so when once you enter through the anus, that tissue is very thin. It's very tender. It's very gentle. And if it gets really inflamed, it can open up and connect spaces that should not be connected. And that is going to be way more trouble than if I had just screened you to make sure that you're going to clear any infection. So just give me the scoop. Listen, again, swing from whatever ceiling you need to swing from. Just let me know how to keep you safe, all right? So just let us know. And it's a judgment-free area. Like, I tell all my patients, I'm like, because, you know, sometimes they'll be a little timid when they're starting the conversation. I'm like, no, no, no. Now's not the time to be timid. You've already (laughs) done the act. I need the information. I just need you to tell me what you are, you know what I mean? I'm like, the time for shyness has come and gone. Right. Like, tell me <laughs> just what you did. Give yeah, me the goods. Not, we're not give me the goods. This is a judgment-free zone. Right. We right. just want you to be safe. Enjoy yourself. Right. Just yeah. be safe. Use condoms, please. Exactly. Did we did we answer all aspects of her of her question? She asked a couple. She said, "Can you get it in those in those places?" You the answer is yes. yes. How are the symptoms different? Treatment. Do they require the same kind of treatment? Treatment depends. I guess I hope there is. So they should technically all clear with the same oral medicines, but treatment does vary. So, except for gonorrhea, that's mm -hmm. a shot. Yeah. So if you come in and you have like gonorrhea or chlamydia, whether that be in the the vagina, whether I find it in the anus, whether I find it in the back of the throat, those medicines tend to stay unchanged. But let's say you got, you know, HPV in the throat. Mm. Um, That's going to be a little bit different treatment than if you had a genital wart on the vagina or, you know, warts on the anus. Or did you get a different kind of HPV that ended up on your cervix that, you know, ran a risk? So you're right. It does depend on what you have and where it's located, excuse me, for some things. But the, the general ones... Chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis, syphilis, those are all going to be treated pretty standard. If you've got genital warts, HPV, something like that, that's going to require care depending on where you got it. And of course, if you got some of the ones that we can't give back, Mm. HPV Mm -hmm. is one of them, but let's add on herpes, let's add on HIV, then... The treatment is pretty standard, but you can get complications from both of those. And depending on where those complications popped up, there um, may need to be uh, some special some special ways to approach what your therapy needs to be. And also to plug, you know, the HPV vaccine. Um, this this reader is twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, so the HPV vaccine is, it's essentially a vaccine to prevent the type of cancer that herpes can cause. Uh, the two, uh, it's a two. Oh, you mean HPV? Yeah. So it's a two, two shot series before the age of 15 and three shots after 15. So, um, so again, it's another uh, vaccine that we have that is literally there to help prevent cancer from this virus. So if you haven't gotten it already, definitely go into your uh, PCP office to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. I just had a girl come see me um, in their 30s who wanted to know if the insurance would cover it. And we ran it and they said yes. Oh, really? Really? So, you know, the whole point about the age range on who could get it was always about money. Uh-huh. Yeah. This was never about an age, you know, an age where... Oh, it, it, it was only about an age from the standpoint that we do know that there is an age where most people start to lose their virginity, right? So by the time you are, you know, a man or a woman in your thirties, a chance that you've not had some kind of sexual experience or sexual contact is much lower than if I, you know, caught you at eight or nine. Yeah. So, you know, and this is hard for some parents sometimes. It's probably we're talking about the reason why we are talking to you about your kiddos getting HPV vaccines at, you know, 9, 10, 11 is because we're trying to catch them at a time where there is a relatively low risk that they've had any sexual uh, intercourse, any sexual contact or anything like that. And so, before they are exposed in any way, I'm trying to vaccinate them because once you're exposed, then yes, I can vaccinate you, but it may be too little too late. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do it so so early. But now more and more insurance companies will allow you to vaccinate your patients um, for HPV older. Hmm. I didn't that's know that. remember what the age. That's good to know what the age is. She but she like she's like 29 or 30. I think they something bumped like it up that, to like the 40s or something like that. They did that yeah, they, they bumped it up. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bumped it up to like 40-something. Right. And then the patients have the same question about, is it covered, is it covered? Right. So it's actually good to know. So, yes. You know, now that was, you know, I, I still would call each and every time. But, you know, they we got a yes. So I was pretty excited about that. So just for you all out there, that your insurance company may say yes. So ask your doctor if you can get the HPV vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's dope. I think that answers. I hope that answers your question. Um, if you've got more to to know, let us know. Oh, can I put in one shameless plug for tr- trichomoniasis? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have had trichomoniasis, you tested positive for it, and you were treated, you have to go back and get tested again. Specifically for trichomoniasis, not for the other ones, but for trichomoniasis or trick. It's a little parasite that hangs out. It's like your little symbiont that's hanging out in your vagina that's making it all irritated. Um, it's a, still a sexually transmitted infection, but after we treat you, we need to make sure we really did indeed kill the thing. If we didn't, we have to treat you again. Why is it important? Is because it increases your risk of cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we forget. Sometimes it gets away from us because you're a captive audience and we're just happy to have gotten you and treated you the first time. So if your doctor does not remind you, do not assume that you did not need to get it done. Let them know. Maybe you're seeing a new doctor. Hey, doc, I know this is our first time meeting. Just so you know, I had a trick two months ago. I got treated. I feel fine. My partner got treated. We're good. 
but I need to get tested again. They will say, okay, sure. It's just a urine test. You'll be fine. We're not going to take any samples and you'll keep going. Uh, I think we answered all of her questions. I'm trying to see if I want to, I'm trying to see if we want to do this one, right? Because we kind of answered the questions. <laughs> and Al, in honor of Alex Trebek. Right. God rest his soul. I know. Oh, this is a fun one. <laughs> all right. Well, hello, Chocolate MDs. After listening to you all for a few episodes, I have been inspired to change my PCP. That was not, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Do you have any advice regarding how to tell your current doctor that you would no longer like to be in their, pa- would no longer like to be their patient? And are going to mm-hmm. another and going in another direction with a different doc. I am thinking about oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I am changing a I'm thinking about changing to a different doc, but this new doc is in the same office as my current doctor. <laughs> Ooh, this is okay. juicy. All right. This is you so know, juicy. And drama. <laughs> I right. love it. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you my patients have done this. I know that they've done this. Yes. Right. So the short answer is, at the end of the day, we want you to be with someone that you are comfortable with, that you feel like you can trust, that you think um, is communicating with you in a way that makes you feel good and safe with your with your care. Um, patients break up with us. It's it's just a part of the, the deal. Like we are, you know, still young doctors, I would consider us. And we've all had someone leave us. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In the outpatient setting, mm-hmm. they do like they leave, and you know where you your question your your question is good. Your first question is going to have to be what the company's policy is about how you change doctors because we do want you to be safe. But one of the things that is not safe is is patients that try to jump from doctor to doctor. If they didn't get something from this doctor, fine, I'm gonna go across the hallway and see. You know, Dr. Chris, wait, Dr. Chris says something I don't like. Okay, fine. I'm going to go see Dr. Dun- Dr. Sunshine. Wait, six months later, I don't, you know, I don't really like how Dr. Sunshine looked at me. I'm going to go see um, Dr. No-No. You cannot, most offices will not allow you to do that because there's a safety issue. Like we're not getting good care. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, you know, managing your care altogether and making sure somebody's looking at everything. Mm-hmm. But if your office will allow you to change, you can simply request it. And even if the doctors know behind the scenes, I assure you that it will be a smooth transition because we get it. It happens. Um, We try to be our very best, but every doctor worth their weight in gold has been fired by someone. And it's just part of the game. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I I saw this T-shirt and I so want to get this T-shirt. It says, I'm not for everyone. And that's just like, it's just, it's just <laughs> telling, like, yeah. it really all depends. Like, you know, it's a relationship. And I think Dr. Sunshine, you mentioned how with the new PCP, it's like a dating type of thing. You got to feel loud and see if you like them. And some mm-hmm. patients like, mm-hmm. you know, they're seeing somebody else and they see you and they're like, oh, I didn't know about this. Oh, you tell me this. Oh, I feel like you <laughs> care about me. And they want to see you instead. And I mean, you can tell the other doctor you're breaking up with them, but you don't really have to. You can just not say anything and just go see those. Ghost, I mean, ghost them? Yeah. Are you saying you need to ghost the Yeah, doctor? pretty much. <laughs> you know, I'm joking. I'm joking. Guys. I'm joking. But, but <laughs> you can you can ghost me. It's fine. Um, yeah, you can yeah. ghost me too. I, I, I don't take I don't, offense to it. I, I prefer it. 
uh, you know, I, because I think people get to this long. I don't need a dissertation mm-hmm. about why you decided to go to see someone else. I have like 50 messages in my box by the end of the day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I would like to not read three paragraphs for you to say that you've picked what's best for you. Like, it's okay for you to pick what's best for you. Like we, you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to send me a long letter. Um, just do it. And even if it's in our, even if it's in yeah. our office, I've, I've had people who, you know, were saying like, you know, I just don't think this is a good fit for me. And I have literally said, okay, hold on one second before you leave our practice and gone across the hallway to say, Hey, I've got this patient. This is what's going on. Um, I'm not the best fit for them, but I really think that they, you know, trying to get some help. They seem very like checked in about their care. Hey, will you take this patient for me? And the person that said yes, and we've done it and it's turned out to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every doctor is going to be different though. So, I, Oh, sorry. I didn't know if Nona was going to say something. So for me, I feel like I make a very good point of trying to remind myself that this is not about me. And I don't even need to remind myself about that often. I learned that in in residency and even in med school, ultimately it's about the patient and it's about what the patient feels comfortable with. It's not about me and my feelings and break and how, how am I going to take it? Am I going to go home and cry in a quarter? That's, that's for me personally, that's not a thing. If you're like, if you've made the decision after one of our visits and you're like, you know what? I've been following with Dr. Sunshine. It's not really a good fit for me. I think I may get better care elsewhere. Then I'm actually happy that you have taken the time to reflect and you've gotten to that point. And then you can just go ahead and transition. I agree with Amy MD. I don't really need like, you know, a long list of reasons as to why you chose what you thought is going to be best for your health. You know, I'm I'm actually just happy that you're still advocating for your health and that you still want to be seen by somebody. So I think that that's a good thing. Um so I don't, you know, I don't really, one, I don't need the explanation. Two, if you're trying to figure out how to change in your office, I agree with Amy Joe MD. Some offices have like rules and ways that you do it. Other offices are a little more chill about it. I just recommend that whoever you change to, that that be your, cons- you know, consistent yeah, provider. I agree. Just be mm-hmm. consistent. And if you want to go to someplace, somebody else, somewhere else, I will even help you. I will walk you to the place if I need to. If that is what helps you. <laughs> I'm okay because I'm all about I'm all about my patients being proud about their health and if they are and I want them comfortable if you're not comfortable with me that's okay if you feel that there's someone else that will that you can be comfortable with and can give you good care then I will help you get to that person if that's what you need you know you know when this happens often this happens often if you work in a group mm-hmm. setting which we mm-hmm. all do like there's multiple doctors and let's say one doctor's on yeah. vacation <laughs> or yeah. or for some reason they're not there and then you're just kind of helping out seeing people on their panel while they're on vacation and then they meet you and then they're like wow like this is amazing and they're like i think i want to i'm like ah i get you <laughs> I get you. Like, I really do understand. I'm like, are you sure you want to switch? Because you've been on this other person's panel for like years. You know what I mean? And they'll get that first little, that first little taste. You know, it's like a, for Chris's example or my previous example, it's like a first date that went really well. It's like, oh man, this is great. (laughs) I I think I'm just going to switch it over. And you can feel it coming. You you can feel it. They're like, man, you know, I didn't know you were here. Like, you know, man, well, how long have you been here? Like, wow. Yeah, it's either that or or like um they finally got their spouse right to to finally go to the doctor, but their current doctor's panel is full, 
and they're not taking new patients. So they're like, well, Dr. Such is not taking new patients. You know, we got this new, because most of us are new in our, in our clinics. We got this new doc. You want, you want to see them? They're like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. I'll do it. So they see you and like, y'all are in there kicking it and it's all good. And next thing you know, you get this message like, Hey, so I went back and told, I went back and told my wife, you know, how good it was. And now she said what she feels like the whole family should be seen by one person. <laughs> and so she wants to come over and you're like, oh, you're going to get me killed. Because, you know, it's just like, yeah. oh, no, like, that's not. <laughs> and that is so how it happens. <laughs> you're here taking people. It's exactly right. They have all kind of things. And like, you know, I had one one lady was like, but what about my care? I think that I should be, I should have that the final say. And I'm like, I just can't be walking around snatching people's patience. You right. know, just that's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not, not you're here for a upper respiratory infection, which I want you to get better with. And you're getting good care, right? I think, you know, the people in my office are amazing. So your care is good. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little sticky when they're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch over. But, in almost every case, everybody gets to change to where they want to change to, you know, it seems to be fine. I think we're used to it. So I, I don't think anybody's me mugging each other in the hallway. Like you stole no. my patient. that doesn't happen. Um, we'll, we'll get you taken care of and, and make sure you're oh, safe. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. I know Nono's probably like, well, I don't do primary care and I don't have a panel. Right. I just see you when you get here and I discharge you and hopefully I never see you again. <laughs> right back in the clinic. I mean, it's a little, it's a little different in my hospital, but I've had patients from other attendings that want to like be on our service. And I'm like, Oh, I can't really do that. So, um, but again, like to the reader, it it does happen. So, and then also patients will ask, can I follow up with them as an outpatient? I'm like, no, sir, (laughs) don't do that. So all the days, so, the good old days of residency. Like, do you have a card? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you're so, like, no, I don't have a card. And I also don't want to have a card. You have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to remember. I don't want you to see me again in the hospital. Right. You stay safe. <laughs> I, want, right. I want to see you healthy on the street, not in the hospital. So just, yeah. But um, I mean, to the reader's point, you know, our, our feelings are not hurt. You know, if you feel like you need to make the switch to have, you know, have you have a better sense of, you know, that you're being taken care of and that you're able to connect a little bit better with the new doctor that you're with, then by all means, go go right ahead. All right. So what do y'all want to do? Y'all want one more? Are we wrapping this thing up? I am looking at the time and I'm thinking we might need to wrap it up. All right. Those were really good questions, though. Those were excellent questions. Keep your questions coming. There are more good ones in there. So if we did not answer your question today, I promise you we will get to it. They were really good. And I was like, oh, I want to answer them all tonight. (laughs) But we could not. So, um... That's all we got for you today. So, you know, um, the pregnancies are rolling, right? You guys are coming in like, surprise, I'm pregnant. Some were planned, some were not planned. Um, I think I'm also, like Dr. Sunshine said, getting the, the next wave of people that are like, hey, I'm 35, I'm 41, you know, I'm 28. You know, we had a good pandemic. You know, we got some things together. We're back in love. We're family planning. How do we get pregnant? <laughs> so I think Dr. Chris kind of said it best, like anything that you've got on your 
currently on your list of things to improve diabetes, hypertension, obesity, asthma, smoking, alcohol use, marijuana use, any of those things, work on fixing them right now. Before you see me, you do not have to wait for me to tell you to improve your diet, to increase your exercise, to uh, stop smoking, to limit your alcohol intake. I can take care of the medicines, right? I can uh, change the medicines. You don't know that part. We got you covered. That's what we're here for. But the other things you can start right now. And let's not forget the whole point. Enjoy you and your spouse. Have fun practicing making babies. I mean, listen, (laughs) um, in this pandemic, if that's what's giving you the release, then by all means, you know, enjoy it. Be safe. Um, I'm happy to hear that people and couples are doing well. I agree. Dr. Nono, you want to tell these people where they can find us and how they can, uh, you know, slide up in our DMs. Slide through. Sure thing. Hey, I love that song. All right. So, um, so as always, you can follow us on our handles from Twitter, Facebook, and IG. It's at the chocolate MDS. And please send us your questions to our email. Uh, it's the chocolate MDS at gmail.com. If you haven't already, take a look at our brand new schmancy uh, website, thechocolatemds.com, uh, where we also have a contact form. So if you want to send us our, you know, your questions through that, you're more than welcome to. And usually at the end of every show, we'll post like our resources that we use and also the, the fancy medical lingo that we use uh, during the show. So feel free to go over there and check it out. And that's Yay. about it. So hopefully you guys all had a great holiday <laughs> and you are still safe. And a yes. safe one. I hope you did not yeah. travel. If you did travel and you're listening to this right now, make an appointment to get COVID tested. <laughs> right. <laughs> plug, 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 and plug, please plug. wear your mask. <laughs> yes. Bye, y'all. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>